0: Hi, and welcome to the Facts and Blog and Podcast. You know, one of the main things that I wanted to talk to you about was just kind of what's going on with the ATF and some of these pushes we've seen over the last few weeks.
1: Uh, several weeks ago, the uh, Biden transition team met with the ATF. Met with the ATF. Uh, probably some members of the FBI were there and they decided hey, we're going to go after pistol braces, uh, we're going to go after uh, polymer 80s. Uh, Anything we can get something uh, quickly done that that fits the narrative of of Joe Biden's anti-gun rhetoric.
0: When you see all of this government action and stuff going on with the ATF and all this stuff going on with the transition, but then you counter it with, well, well, how many people are really voting that way and acting that way if we have such high firearm sales and it's not just going to the same old people, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not just
1: people stockpiling or whatever. These brand new gun owners, they, they didn't think about anything past the sale. What's happened? They purchased it and they said, oh boy, it's mine. But they didn't think about who's out there ready to take it away. Tipton Gun Cleaning has everything
0: you need to keep your gun clean and operating properly. They know that a clean gun is a safe gun. With everything from vices to cleaning tools, they have the products you need to take your gun maintenance to the next level. Learn more at tiptonclean.com. It's not clean until it's Tipton Clean. Hi, and welcome to episode 48 of the Facts and Blogging Podcast, our first episode of season two. Uh, So thank you so much for joining us. We're really excited that you're here. We had a great first year of shows. We're excited to get season two up and going, and we have some great guests and topics Coming up for it. Uh, this week is no exception. We have returning guest Sean Maloney. Uh, he's been a defense attorney for over 30 years and has specialized uh, in the firearms space and founded Second Call Defense. Uh, but he also has a past history, you know, being on the board for the NRA and uh, Buckeye Firearms and so much more. So, a very plugged in guy, very much in the know. So, he's going to be on the show this week talking with us about some of the things we've seen just over the last month or so that have been going on. In the firearms community, especially pertaining to the ATF with things like pistol braces, everything that went on with Polymer 80 and 80 percenters, and kind of where we're standing when it comes to uh, gun control in the states right now and especially as this week uh, signed into law uh, which we didn't think was going to happen governor dewine here in ohio signed the stand your ground bill which uh, takes away the duty to retreat that had previously been law uh, here in ohio so sean's going to give us the insight on all of that this week our main segment is brought to you by our friends at crimson trace we are going to be giving away a cmr 206 from their rail Master series so if you're looking for a new laser uh, for your handgun, you'll definitely want to enter to win. All you have to do is go to faxandfirearmscom slash blog, click on episode 48. And from there, you will find all of the ways to enter. So let's take a quick break to hear from our friends of the podcast. And we'll hop into our conversation with Sean from Second Call. Caldwell provides shooting supplies that are engineered to eliminate the variables that make you miss. With everything from targets, range gear, safety gear, and an impressive line of hearing protection, Caldwell has everything you need for the range besides your firearm. Learn more at caldwellshooting.com. Take your shot to the next level with Caldwell. All right, well, welcome to our first uh, full main segment of 2021. And uh, we're doing it big. We brought back Sean Maloney, defense attorney. He's been on the show several times with us uh, from Second Call Defense, and he's going to be giving us a little bit of background. But, but Sean, lots of hot stuff happening right now uh, for the firearms world and for us specifically here in Ohio. We're recording this on a Tuesday, Monday. The governor signs uh, into law this stand your ground ruling, which we thought was going to get vetoed. Uh, So that's a big deal. But before we dive head first, uh, if you wouldn't mind just giving folks a a little bit of background, uh, if they haven't seen a show with you before, and also, you know, what are some of the other things that you're doing in this firearms legal and policy world that that may not be directly uh, connected to Second Call Defense?
1: Okay. I've been a uh, criminal defense attorney for going on 30 years now. In the last 10 years, most of everything I do has been concentrating on firearms, a good guy with a gun, so to speak, uh, dealing with ATF uh, and the FBI uh, related to legislation, legislative director of Buckeye Farms Association. As you stated, we just uh, had a huge victory with standing around and also a past board member of the National Rifle Association is still heavily involved in, in gun rights advocacy and Uh, let's just hope everybody in Georgia gets on
0: votes today. Yeah, absolutely. So this will be publishing on a Friday. So we'll, we'll have seen results by then, I think, uh, depending (laughs) depending on how everything goes. And, uh, but let's go ahead and and start with the stuff that's hitting home plate for us, uh, which is that stand your ground law. And so for the people who maybe aren't familiar, you know, kind of with those laws and policies, Mm -hmm. You know, what is Stand Your Ground and then what are we phasing out with that, you know, that rule of retreat?
1: OK, essentially in the state of Ohio right now for the next 90 days, uh, we have a duty to retreat. So once we uh, determine that we're in fear for our life or in serious bodily injury, the next decision we have to make before we can do anything else is can we save the retreat? Can we turn and run? Can we go out the door? Uh, of course, Ohio's Castle of Doctrine uh, eliminated that problem for our home or our automobile, but uh, everywhere else uh, in the state of Ohio, we still have a duty to retreat. So what's happened is legislature has, has removed that duty to retreat. So as soon as you and I are confronted with death or serious bodily injury or harm, there's no other decision-making process we need to make. We're in fear of death right now, so we can act right now to protect our lives. And essentially, there's no other decision-making process. Uh, when it comes to the point in time where we, the only way we can get out of a situation is by using lethal force, then there's no other decision need to be made.
0: So with that in mind, I mean, maybe, you know, just through the pandemic and through the election and everything, I think us in, here in Ohio, we, we got a bit of national news time with, with Governor DeWine just mm-hmm. because of not just pandemic handling and everything going on with the election, but all of these things were kind of being floated to him at at the same time. And originally, you know, he had stated at least verbally that, that he was going to veto that bill, uh, you know, which would mean it would get, you know, sent back. You know, what do you think has transpired from a few weeks ago till yesterday that has uh, you know, made the governor decide to go ahead and sign it instead of veto.
1: You know, nobody will probably ever know until he decides to tell us, but probably as, as late as a week ago, uh, Buckeye Farms received a handwritten note specifically stating that he's gonna veto senior ground and his reasons will be in in, in his uh, in his press conference. And then suddenly yesterday, probably around two o'clock, we got a call from uh, Lieutenant Governor stating that he is not going to, uh, to to veto it. He will sign the bill in a measure. He just wants to make sure people realize that uh, Uh, that he wants to fix NICS provisions, at least uh, considered by the upcoming legislature. And we never had a problem with fixed NICS. What the problem is with the NICS system in the state of Ohio, is when all the documents come out of court and someone's under a disability, they sit on a person's desk and they're never really being put into the NICS system. So uh, they found a six month backlog in Hamilton County, uh, much the same in Cuyahoga County. So they're trying to force away for the, the municipalities and the courts throughout the state of Ohio to enter that information uh, into the computer system. So if a bad guy goes to purchase a firearm, uh, then they can't do that. And of course, we've never been against that. We've always said, enforce your existing laws and that'll take care of your problems. And I'm not sure why he changed his mind, although I I am aware of the fact that his approval rating among Republicans is terribly low, somewhere in the the low to mid-20s, while his approval rating with Democrats are in in the mid-70s. So right. I think probably when he looks at his political future, he has to start thinking still, uh, he needs all the friends he can get. And we've always been beside him as long as he as long as he comes out and, and follows uh, the guidelines that he set forth for us. One of the things that we've done in the past couple of weeks, both the National Rifle Association and Buckeye Farms Association, we pulled out our old candidate surveys. And one of the questions on the candidate survey was, will you support the removal of the duty to retreat? And he said yes on both surveys. And so then we started pressing him, hey, wait a minute, why are you flip-flopping? So maybe that had something to do with it also. Yeah. But I think he's
0: friends. Yeah, I mean, because I think had we not had the political climate and the social climate that we've had this year, that he probably would have never stated, oh, I'm, I'm probably going to veto this. You know what I mean? It would have right, right. probably been a little bit of a, a smoother, a smoother tick, because I think at least from the rumblings that I hear, a lot of those approval ratings, uh, you know, in the Republican Party are partially, you know, at maybe even mostly, uh, akin to, you know, just shutting down businesses, Why? dealing with pandemic stuff, mm-hmm. you know, mask mandates, uh, stay at home orders, everything that goes along with, with that. So I, I think if he wasn't quite under, and I'm speculating, but I mm-hmm. think if he wasn't quite as under the microscope, uh, you know, for, for that, that, you know, this, this would have been something that would have passed and it would have been normal and the really the only thing that we would have had would have been the anti-gun movement just saying oh look what ohio did
1: right and i think probably uh we have to take into account the dayton shooting because he came out with the ohio strong bill which was purely the biggest piece of anti-gun legislation ever proposed in the state of ohio and he couldn't get any traction whatsoever nobody would sign on to that uh he had his buddies in the senate personal friends of his that, that carried the water on the bill, but the bill went nowhere. And he kept saying, I'm not going to sign any pro gun legislation unless you pass my Ohio strong. And I think he realized that that was not ever going to happen. And, yeah. uh, and he backed himself into a corner and, um, and thankfully for you, for you and I and gun owners in the state of Ohio and anybody who travels through here that, that he made the right decision that, that, Hey, this, this needs to be done despite the politics of it all.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, with that in mind, we'll, we'll hop into the first two prompts that I sent you before mm-hmm. we uh, before we decided to, since we saw this yesterday, that, that Stand Your Ground was going to be, you know, signed. Uh, you know, one of the main things that I wanted to talk to you about was just kind of what's going on. With the ATF and some of these pushes we've seen Mm -hmm. over the last few weeks, you know, both with uh, pistol braces and with 80 percenters, Uh um, which, you know, obviously made some big wakes, uh, not just in the social community of, of the firearms, uh, you know, sphere, if you will, but it's also taken quite a bit of, you know, national news. And, uh, I think is, is really opening people's eyes to, you know, how quickly, um, you know, the ATF or any other body could really just come in and kind of shut down shop. And I, I think it especially with the SB side of things, wow. seeing that story arc has been very interesting. So maybe let's start with the whole pistol brace scenario. Yeah. And I know that this has been, uh, uh, off and on hot topic in the firearms community for a while. Um, could you just kind of give the book jacket blurb version of kind of where we've been in the past with, uh, pistol braces and, and why there's such discrepancy?
1: Sure. When, uh, when the AR pistol first came out and the pistol brace was designed essentially to help a handicapped shooter uh, manage the recoil and be able to shoot a firearm like that, uh, the memorandum was put out and the information was put out by the ATF that they were legal. Uh, and then any number of braces have been approved since then. There's a SIG brace. In uh, other uh, private braces, companies that have put braces out. And they've been a part of a, a American firearms now ever since uh, they were introduced to the marketplace. And for whatever reason, uh, they've been under attack. And I think they are probably, it all goes back to the bump stock, when all of a sudden, they realized that these these drastic changes can be made somehow outside of the realm of Congress and it, that it immediately impact us. I think that's what started the, kind of the train down that those tracks. And um, uh, several weeks ago, the uh, Biden transition team met with the ATF. Met with the ATF, uh, probably some members of the FBI were there and they decided, hey, we're gonna go after pistol braces. Uh, we're gonna go after uh, polymer 80s. Uh, anything we can get something uh, quickly done that, that fits the narrative of, of Joe Biden's anti-gun rhetoric that we're going to do and I think that's where it first came in and uh, I, have, I have a couple ongoing cases with the ATF uh, and I'll be up in Columbus uh, uh, picking some, uh, some things up from them uh, later on this week and, or early next week. I had a conversation with a couple uh, agents. And I said, Hey, hang in there. I I know you guys are taking a lot of crap. And he said, we're going to be taking a lot more. It's out of our hands. And so they indicated to me that there's a lot more coming down the pike. And just Mm -hmm. because they retracted their letter on the, on the pistol brace doesn't mean that's going away. I think probably they're going to add more to it and something else is going to happen. And, and hold on to, uh, this isn't going to stop at a, at a bump stock trigger activators, Franklin triggers, uh, Accu-triggers, the, you know, the, the triggers are going to be attacked next. Anything that increases the rate of fire is, is going to be on a chopping block. And so we're going to have to try to do everything we possibly can to prevent that, which makes the uh, uh, Tuesday Senate race in Georgia that much more important. We'll be right back with more of the Facts and Blogging podcast
0: right after this. Since 1994, Crimson Trace has defined and built the laser sighting category through design, innovation, and performance. With an obsession to create best-in-class electro-optics, Crimson Trace is proud to further enhance the experiences of shooters, hunters, and rugged outdoor enthusiasts. Learn more at CrimsonTrace.com, here to elevate confidence in moments that matter. You know something that I think is uniquely interesting, and and I'll be the first admit to admit that. You know, until I started working here. Um, I didn't really know how ambiguous some of the things were mm-hmm. between what just, you know, what makes an AR pistol a pistol, what makes an AR rifle a rifle, you know, why is there such concern between, you know, stock and brace and why does it all seem to, you know, it, it seems just nickel and dimed and, and pieced together. It's like, well, if you have this, if you have this barrel length, if it's too short, you put a stock on it. Well, now that's a short barrel rifle, and you need extra, extra things for that. You need right. extra, you know. That's, a, a, you know. So those, those are things that I think that some folks that are maybe even, you know, fully into the firearms community, but maybe they're just not AR people. Mm-hmm. You know, don't really know how granular, you know, that gets down. I mean, for a while, wasn't there a thing where it was like, yeah, you could have a brace, but you can't shoulder it. You know, That's you can't, right. you can't put it up on your shoulder. And so it's like, well, how do you even enforce that? You know, how do you even, how does that even work? Uh, you know, so I, I think the granularity of all this is, Uh, Eye-opening to some folks. I personally was talking to some family members over the holiday and they had saw what had come down and they were asking, you know, about what we were doing with it. And as you probably saw, we did a thing where we sold a bunch of SBA three braces Mm -hmm. uh, with, with donations going back to SB. And they were like, you know what, what is that? Like, what is that all about? And I was like, well, like, you see this picture (laughs) of a rifle? Like, so this could have this type of back and this could have this type of back, but this one can't have that one. And it becomes this whole thing. And a lot of people, you know, that I've talked to that aren't even, you know, I would say are probably neutral grounders when it comes to gun laws are just like, well, that's weird. Like, why would they draw the line there? You know, that that's where I think it's just so ambiguous.
1: Well, and it's all the fight that we've been having since NFA came out, uh, since they decided to, to, to regulate uh, in the way they regulated, you know, in the 70s and 80s. And that's the fight we've had. And, you know, probably in the, in the pistol brace was a victory. And uh, more importantly, name name a problem or name a tragedy that has occurred because of the presence of a pistol brace. Right. You know, you, you can't do that. But again, it's all, it's all uh, it's all gun control to a certain extent. And I've always told people they don't have to actually take your guns to, to have gun control. It's another piece of paper. It's another, another regulation. It's a, a shorter brace. It's another tax fee. Any little thing to make it harder for you or I or for facts and firearms to conduct its business, that's gun control. And that's why we all have to be aware in the gun community of what's going on, because, you know, just because they're not coming after ours right now doesn't mean they're on the way. And I right. think uh, certainly it's on the way. Uh, there's a lot of things going on. Like I said, the transition team has already met, which in my mind is crazy. But it goes, just goes to tell you that, that he ran on an anti-gun platform, the most anti-gun platform ever. And and whoever's not going to give up. The Biden team is not going to give up on it. And uh, if they get total control of Congress, uh, Katie barred the door. Right. We're gonna right. take a huge step backward.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, then let's let's move it into this second piece of kind of uh mm-hmm. shaking news. And I mean I mentioned it as eighty percenters, but obviously the ATF was specifically going going at polymer eighty on right. uh, on their build kits for for handguns. And you know, for, for those who, who don't know, could you just explain to folks what those kits really are. I mean, I know there was like a whole 60 minutes thing last year, right. ghost guns and all this kind of stuff. But what, at least in the eyes of the law right now, is considered, you know, a, a buildable, you know, handgun, that, a kit that somebody could buy. And, uh, you know, why is it a different transaction than a regular full firearm?
1: Well, essentially, when you're looking at a, at an a 80% kit and a 80% build kit, they're just that, they're 80%. They're really not 100% a firearm yet. There's some modifications that needs to be made to the blanks, to the receivers, to the slides, to the frames. And then there's parts that need to be assembled. And so that's the difference between buying a firearm out of the box, ready to go, or one that you can just essentially put together. And some that needs still some build done, some modifications done, some work done on them. Uh, and I think truly... Uh, the fact, For whatever reason, the fact that they don't have a serial number on that gun, they don't know it's your gun, it's a, it's a quote-unquote ghost gun, that's what bothers them the most. But, you know, it really shouldn't. Again, but, ooh, a ghost gun sounds really scary. Right. Yeah, so it's just a reason for them to go after. But, again, it's just another piece that they can easily go after. Now, I was stunned when they showed up at the factory and started seizing stuff. And, you know, rumors have it that they, they were going to end users and, and they see some stuff there also. So when, when the truth comes out on this, this is going to be very interesting. You have a, you have a, well, think about them coming into Facts and Firearms for something that you've been doing legally for years and years and years. And mm-hmm. that's what should concern all of us because those are our rights, our civil rights from the beginning. Uh, and uh, it affects our Second Amendment rights uh, as, as well as any number of other civil rights that we have. And so really the only big difference is, is uh, you have a, a gun that it still partially needs to be manufactured, so to speak, and, and so it can become that firearm. And that's what they're going after. Again, I think whatever they can do immediately to make the change is what they're doing. And, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and, and the legality of what happened with bump stocks has been litigated. There's still federal cases out there. Uh, I still am not clear in my mind how legally they could ban something that's legal uh, without congressional intent. So we'll find out what's going to happen. But those cases are still going, but they're moving forward. And think of any number of other things. I guess we could get on the ATF's webpage and just look at all these other letters and all these other uh, uh, proposals that they have out there. And they're going to be impacted and they're going to come after all of them. Like I said, no doubt in my mind, they're going to come after triggers. Uh, anything they can come after, they're going to. And this is the first shot across the bow. And for us, gun owners, us sportsmen, or us freedom lovers, or people that at least believe in the in the the the, the Constitution, uh, we're under attack clearly. And they didn't waste any time. They didn't mm-hmm. wait until anybody was inaugurated. They already met with them and they gave them marching orders. And uh, as my as my friends in the ATF said, uh, you know, there's a lot more coming down the road.
0: Yeah. Well, but, and I mean, how when we're having these conversations, I mean, we've gone through the holiday season already, but, you know, <clears throat> I know that you had talked, you know, back around the election, like, you know, your mom had been hunkering down watching <laughs> CNN and everything before the election. And, right. you know, there was people just like, you know, waiting for that across the the table type talk about politics or gun control or whatever. You know, when when we're talking to people about this that maybe aren't in tune to the firearms community or all the working pieces that go into it, you know, So when it comes to these 80% kits, and obviously since Polymer 80 was, you know, the ones that that got, you know, knocked in on by the Mm -hmm. ATF, you know, the the thing that people I don't think all people realize is on most handguns, the serialized asset is the frame. It's the, it's the bottom part. You know, if you were to buy one of our FX-19 pistols, you know, right up underneath the nose on the frame, right outside the trigger guard, you know, we have our serial number, you know, MMP has it up here and you, you know, they, they all have it on on the frame for the most part. Now, granted, SIG has their fire control unit, which is a serialized asset, which might be another topic. Um, But, with these 80% builds, I I think one of the arguments that's being posted by, you know, the moderates or, or the people who are, you know, full on for, for gun control is that this isn't a serialized asset. And that in theory, people can buy this without a background check and get all the other parts without a background check. I mean, how do, how do we, you know, how do we counter that? You know, how do we, how do we counter that, that, Conversation because the hard part for me is I look at it and go, That seems just like a fun project. You know what I mean? Like, to oh, like I could, you know, maybe do my own stippling, and but I'm not like paying the money for a full serialized complete frame that I might mess up putting together or whatever. But I think, you know, some people are concerned just with the fact that, like, hey, you know, this piece. Uh, that is a large component of a firearm doesn't require a, a background check because it's not serialized. I mean, how do how do we stand, I guess, how, how do we counter that argument?
1: Well, definitions of firearms came from somewhere. Somebody along the line made a determination of what's legal and what's not. You got to remember, we're dealing with with life after the crazy time, after the NFA act, after after things had to be serialized. I bought my first firearm when I was nine years old at Western auto, I bought a 22 by myself with yeah. my lawnmower money and in yeah. the seventies. And so th- that's how things have changed along the time. We brought our bows, we brought our rifles from my high schools and we shot underneath the stage where there was a, where there was a rain. So things have, have changed over time. Uh, and the anti-gun uh, folks uh, or, uh, part of American history for time after time, after time hasn't ended. They, 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 every morning they get out of bed and try to take something else. So this is their, their constant evolution of what they're trying to do. So we, right. First we have to go back to the way things were. And this, just all of a sudden, we didn't decide, Hey, we're going to take these, these parts of firearms that aren't complete yet, even though eventually they'll be able to fire, uh, we're going to sell them right now because they they don't have to have any serial numbers. That's not the way it happened. You Mm -hmm. know, it it happened with things that were legally, we were legally able to do for decades and decades. And then all of a sudden they defined what is a serialized part? When does it have to be serialized? When do you have to have a background check on it? And then at that point in time, they put rules in place. And so they just keep changing the rules as we, as we go down the road, so to speak.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, the thing to remember as technology increases and this is Uh one of these hypotheticals that i get into that that makes makes my head spin but i think it's it's a good thought like at what point do you stop because in general there are people now who could buy really great 3d printers Mm -hmm. uh and be 3d printing their own lowers so is it going to be like fireworks were in ohio for a while where you you could buy them here but you had to sign a thing that said oh i'm going to set these off in indiana or or whatever you know because you know what's what's stopping people you know from saying like hey you know what uh, we know you're a gun owner, so now you have to sign something when you buy a 3 d printer because we think you have the capability to to make something. It's just when does the the scope creep and the reach creep stop? And right. I think this is this is an indicator of it because, you know, I was talking to uh, my father-in-law several months ago, and he was talking about, how back in the day he had bought like one of those, uh, black powder pistol kits, mm-hmm. you know, they, in which as far as I know, muzzle loaders, black he powder said, uh, types of, you could still do them. Yeah. You know, it, it's like, well, we could still do these things, but is it, you know, we're saying no to this because it's semi-automatic or because it looks scarier to you or because it's new, you know, I mean, these, these 80% You know, polymer 80 hasn't been around for 100 years, you know, so I think it's the it's the newness. And as technology advances and people are more capable to do these things, uh, that's that's where you really start wondering, because there as far as I know, there's no law that says you can't build your own firearm in your own home.
1: No. and, And I think one of the biggest things we have to think of is progressives are good at this. They keep repeating something over and over and over again. So we're having this conversation because suddenly the firearm is the problem. It's the evil firearm. It's not the person that builds the firearm, buys the firearm, picks the firearm up and decides to commit a crime, decides to break right. any number of laws. And so we're having this conversation because, you know, decades ago, uh, the progressives and the anti-gun people started saying guns are bad, guns are bad, guns are bad. and And then for me to say, wait a minute. It's not the firearm. It's the individual. Well, mm-hmm. and, and that's really what it is, but they take us down that road and and, and they start this conversation that, that really is not related to, to anything. The mm-hmm. guns don't jump off a shelf. Guns don't fall down stairs and start shooting people. Guns don't indiscriminately murder. It's the mm-hmm. person behind that gun. And, and we as gun owners and, and and, uh, and we as people in the business sometimes we tend to forget, and all of a sudden we enter into the, the realm that they created for us. Uh, and so we got to remember that. Wait a minute. First off, it's not the gun. What you're trying. What is. What is the purpose of you trying to do this? What's the purpose of you limiting my ability to to, to purchase an eighty percent and create a firearm? What's your purpose? Yeah. Well, the purpose is to, is to take my ability away to own a gun. We'll be right back with more of the Facts and Blogging podcast
0: right after this. Secure peace of mind with lockdown state-of-the-art technology. From security cameras to vaults and much more, they help you keep your home and valuables safe. Lockdown products monitors and provides constant connectivity for your high-value, high-consequence items. Learn more at Lockdown.com. It's not secure unless it's on Lockdown. Well, and you know what I think is interesting, you know, obviously you were on with us in the fall as we were leading up to the election for a couple of episodes and, and we were looking at the official, you know, platform and campaign pages uh-huh. for Biden-Harris when it came to gun control, which was, like you said, it was huge. It was very sweeping, you know? I mean, it got down to the granularity of if they had it their way, and I'm paraphrasing, it would be anything semi-automatic, right. you know, would be would be taken, uh, taken off the market, um, which is, again, some people go still don't understand the semi-automatic is, you know, one bullet per pull of the trigger. It's not these, you know, three round bursts that people are saying it's, it's not fully automatic. It's, it's none of that, none of that stuff. I said, in theory, you know, any, uh, you know, mag fed shotgun, you know, you would be out of luck you know, you're, you're 22, like you were talking about, if it, if it had any capacity to hold more than one, one round, you you would be out of luck unless it was a bolt gun or a pump or, and then who knows how long it would take if semi-autos get banned to just continually go down that road of, okay, well now we're going to take away bolt actions or pump actions or, or something like that. But the, the dichotomy that I see is the ATF doing these things, um, some of the gun control measures that are already starting to surface during the transition. But then when we go back and we look at the numbers for this past year, I mean Smith and Wesson had their greatest year ever. I think I saw The Truth About Guns posted a graph today. It was like 21 million, you know, guns were sold, uh, you know, in the U.S. this year. And when we had uh, Mark Oliva on from the NSSF a few weeks ago, he was saying that their numbers are actually indicating that it's we. Think thought it was like four to five million new gun owners that they're actually estimating seven and a half million Mm -hmm. uh, new gun owners. And to me, that is, that is a hard thing to track when you see all of this government action and stuff going on with the ATF and all the stuff going on with the transition, but then you counter it with, well, well, how many people are really voting that way and acting that way if we have such high firearm sales. And it's not just going to the same old people, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not just people stockpiling or whatever. It's, you know, an estimated seven and a half million new gun owners with a large majority of those being, uh, minority people groups and and females, which, you know, counters, you know, the, the gun stereotype. I mean, how, how do you handle that dichotomy? What do you see working
1: in that? Well, I think there's a couple of things that go into that. If you truly believe that, that Joe Biden got the numbers that, that he got, then obviously you're also going to realize that these brand new gun owners, they, they didn't think about anything past the sale. They didn't think about their ability to, to buy a, a 17 round magazine or a 22 round magazine. They didn't think about their ability to be able to go out and buy an ARAC. They didn't think about their ability uh, to, to use it. What's happened, they purchased it and they said, oh boy, it's mine, but they didn't think about who's out there ready to take it away. And this Mm -hmm. election more than anything else, you have Buttigieg, the guns are, he wants every AR-15 out there and they will attempt to do this, whether it's a a forced gun buyback or whether it's seizures or some way they're they're gonna get around to doing that. Uh, but, But that's gonna happen. So sure there's a great influx of brand new gun owners and that was good for us, except for the fact is they thought that, that their patriotism ended at the gun counter. They right. forgot that they had to vote the rights and protect the rights because they're so new to this. They didn't realize something that they can legally purchase now is going to be under attack every day that they own this thing. And I think that's one of the biggest problems that happened to everybody. And um, when you think about the fact that Biden didn't hide the fact that he wants the guns, Biden didn't hide the fact that he wants gun control. Nobody did it anymore on a progressive side. They're not afraid of that. And now, they won on that platform is what they can say. You know, the the people gave us their marching orders.
0: Right. So this is just the beginning. I think, uh, I think that's probably one of the most, um, most telling things is just just like we did back when Sheriff Jones was on and, and when you were on with me and Dan Zimmerman, that we looked at that platform page and it was it was so broad. Um, it was just it was so broad. And I know that people in the industry, including ourselves, you know, were like, OK, you know, what's what's the pivot? You know, Bob Faxon was on the show with us when we uh, talked to Mark Oliva, and he was talking about how in the past, you know, the firearms industry has been able to be agile. You know, that with past, uh, you know, bans or ATF rulings or whatever it may be, that we're able to take our ingenuity, uh, take our processes, our engineers and, and make something that we could still give the American people what they deserve and what they have a right, right to own without making them felons, you know, mm-hmm. and that's that was something that I think came up in the um, I guess the response letter you know, to the ATF with the whole pistol brace situation was like, listen, overnight, you're going right. to turn millions of people into felons, <laughs> you know, because they, they already owned these and they bought these when they were legal. And so it, it goes in, I mean, you could take that back to like auto Sears and okay. all the sorts of things that have, you know, overnight like that become no longer, you know, available or they're, uh, you know, they're a, uh, a, another serialized item, they, they just, it changes so quickly. And, uh, you know, I'm wondering, you know, what do you think, you know, at least from the rumblings you're hearing, what do you think the next one is? I mean, do you, do you think they're going to go back after the braces? Do you think they're going to hit heavier on the 80 percenters or is it going to be a more broad (laughs) sweeping thing?
1: Well, I don't think they're done with the braces. I think they, uh, uh, that seems to be an easy target for them, so to speak, based on what they've done in the past. So I think for whatever reason, uh, they floated the braces out there, but they're, they're certainly not done with those. Maybe they're going to add some more to those, but I think this is just the beginning, um, They're going to take the low hanging fruit. And if they can walk into the ATF office, the transition team, and then then later on, the Biden team, when when uh, after the inauguration and say, hey, we want you to do this, this and this. And the ATF says, "Okay." well, they've just made some sweeping changes with firearms in the United States with little or no fanfare. They've just done it with a stroke of the pen. Um, and I just, I think, like I said, trigger, any trigger activators are going to be involved. Anything's going to be involved. Can you imagine if you're, if your AK pistol now is going to be an NFA item and now mm-hmm. everybody's got to go out and, you know, go through the process of getting their tax stamp and then paying that money. Uh, again, gun control is anything that makes it harder for us to, to live with. And given the fact that Uh, You know, you you had Team Biden saying, and they still talk about uh, seizing all the uh, AR-15s, all the ARACs, all of the the semi-automatic firearms. And so it's not going to end there. Um, yeah. I think this is just the beginning. And this is just an easy way. But think about how serious they are about this. They're hitting the ground running, which tells me they got a group of people or part of a team out there whose sole job is to, is to interfere and take away your rights and my rights. They're yeah. there to interfere with our constitutional rights. They have a team in place, ready to go. And, and, they, and Katie barred the door. They're on their way doing it right now. So yeah, you
0: know, I think that's the, the thing that even outside of firearms, I don't think I've ever seen anything in a presidential transition quite like this. Yes. You know, uh, you know, I'm not a, a, a political scientist or anything like that, but I, I cannot remember for the life of me, uh, you know, transition teams and office right. of the elect and everything being such a, a public and pushed thing. Um, and, and because like you said, I mean, the, the ATF is going after these folks like SB, like Polymer 80, and it's not like they were given orders by the current president, by the sitting president. I know, by a transition team. Yeah. It was just like, wow like that's, uh, that's new, <laughs> you know, like never seen, never seen anything quite like that before. You know, that's, that's where, where I think, uh, you know, uh, many of the, the ruffled feathers are, are coming from as well. You know, one thing I, I will ask before we start wrapping up is, you know, I, I am curious what you think about, um, you know, the, the SIG fire control unit, um, you know, the, the idea that, uh, this FCU is, is the serialized, you know, piece of, of a gun done. Um, you know, has, has there been rumblings, uh, you know, about that? I mean, we were lucky enough that, you know, we, we, you know, make barrels for SIG. Uh, we had a couple of our guys that went out to their event, you know, kind of about their whole new push with the FCU and kind of being a premier partner with them, good magazine write-ups, you know, wonderful training and all that kind of stuff. And I'm just wondering, is, is this, uh, is this a weird hit in the market right now? Is this a weird time? Uh, for folks like Sigur, who, who, other people who might have similar technology, because now we're not just talking about, you know, a frame or a slide or whatever being a serialized asset. I mean, how, how do you think that's being handled on, on the legal side of things?
1: Well, I think purely what's going to happen with that is they haven't figured out how to attack it yet or they're not ahead of the game enough to know that this is essentially out there and there's something that needs to be done. But that's purely anything serialized, anything like that is going to be under attack. And I think probably Sig realizes that. But I don't know. uh and when politics plays so much into constitutional rights and what you can do as a, a private business, it's, you know, that changes everything. Uh, right. But I think certainly uh, with their control unit and w- with what they're doing, uh, I would assume that, uh, that they're ready for the attack. And, and I don't know how you stop this. And that's the problem uh, with the transition team. And I, th- I think if you go back to the transition team meeting with the ATF and the ATF drafting a letter already. What's that yeah. tell you about the ATF? That tells mm-hmm. you that the ATF isn't, isn't a, uh, a neutral administration that, that follows the rules of Congress. They're anti-gun. They, were, they're, they welcomed the Biden transition team with open arms and said, hey, okay, here you go. Uh, yeah. And, and, that, and that's, that's something we have to be concerned about. Uh, somewhere along the line, the ATF stopped being an administrative enforcement body. With rules and laws and regulations. It's like they wanted the power to decide whatever things whatever thing is right now. And so when you have the ATF uh, and the ability to, to almost direct what's going on, who's to say that the the current uh, uh, temporary uh, leader of the uh, the ATF and the administrators aren't telling Obama's people what to do right now? They aren't saying, hey, take a look at this. Did you know what SIG did? Yeah.
0: So, Yeah, I think, I think it's, it's very interesting. It's going to be crazy to see how these next few months and and years play out. I mean, as you know, there's just all kinds of rumblings across the the industry as everybody's had record high sales and everything this year and, you know, inventory uh, issues because of such a surge. And it was just one thing after another, after another, you know, with uh, the pandemic and then all the social unrest. And then, then you had the election and everything just seems to be, you know, dragging on and you try to forecast just as any business would and it's it's pretty pretty tough to do so mm-hmm. uh, you know not just for us but also for you know distributors and you know right. other businesses so this this will be a very a very telling year uh, I think for how agile the the firearms industry could be um, Sean before we sign off today could you just remind folks about what you do uh, at second call and where people can find more sure. info about it
1: If you go to www.secondcalldefense.org, you can get all the information related uh, to protecting yourself and your family. And then the aftermath of using your firearm and self-defense. We created Second Call Defense so that at the point in time you're forced to use your firearm and self-defense, you have immediate backing and a legal team on your side immediately. Because although it may seem clear in your mind, uh, you never know what jurisdiction you're going to be in or where things are going to happen. So we want to make sure that the lawful good person with a gun has the ability uh to have immediate legal defense team on their side uh from the beginning and also we provide a tremendous amount of educational materials from the beginning so you know kind of what you're getting yourself into if you're forced into a lethal force situation so again go to www.secondcalldefense.org get all the information necessary and you'll, you'll find my my phone number on there but of course i always give out my cell phone 513 if anybody ever has any questions or concerns.
0: Excellent. Well, we will put all of that information in the show notes this week. So make sure you visit episode 48 on the Facts and Firearms blog and podcast pages. And uh, we'll also link some of the previous shows that Sean's been on with us, uh, including his first show where we went more in depth about uh, what Second Call does and is all about. So as always, Sean, thank you so
1: much for joining us. And thanks for taking the fight because it's all of ours right now. Thank you so much.
0: We'll be right back with more of the Facts and Blogging podcast right after this. Wheeler Tools makes high-quality gunsmithing tools for your bench. With everything from scope mounting to sight adjustment, they have you covered. No matter what the project, Wheeler Tools is engineered to fit the job. Learn more at wheelertools.com. Thanks for tuning in. We're so excited you joined us this week. We hope you enjoyed this show and you found it informational. Don't forget to uh, go to the show notes this week. We're going to have links uh, to some of Sean's previous episodes and also resources for how you could get in touch with Second Call. Also, there will be uh, your graphic to click to enter to win the Crimson Trace CMR 206 and uh, we will announce that winner next week. So make sure you get your daily entries in as soon as you can. As always we would love to hear from you if you have a question a suggestion for the show a guest suggestion even we'd love to hear it Uh, please email us podcast at facts and as always we would love for you to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so obviously we're on facebook watch and youtube and so on but also on your favorite audio carriers as well apple podcasts spotify google podcasts and more you could find a link uh, to all of those networks on any one of our show pages at faxandfirearmscom slash blog. So thank you once again for tuning in and we'll see you next week. We want to extend our deepest gratitude to military, police, first responders and more by saying thank you with special pricing and discounts on all facts and products. Here's how you get started. First, you'll head on over to our website faxandfirearms.com. From there, you'll want to click support and guardian purchase program in the drop down. Then you'll see the instructions on how to get started. So let's just walk through those. First, you'll want to register for an account on our website. If you've already bought something from us on our website before, then this part's already taken care of. Second, you'll want to send a copy of your credentials or some reasonable verification of affiliation to customer service at faxandfirearms.com. We get a lot of emails where people are like, hey, will this count? Will this ID count? Will this VA card count? Chances are, yes, a lot of them will count, but make sure you attach an image or a copy of that verification to the email before you even ask customer service. That way they can expedite the process for you. As soon as the account has been created or updated, we will send you an email letting you know that you're ready to go. The discount will be available anytime online when you go to your shopping cart. If you have any more questions, please email service at faxandfirearms.com.